as I look around today, as I survey our nation and our culture today, look around, look around this week, look around this month, look around the last couple years, and as you look around and as you survey our nation, as you see all of the problems, uh, many of those problems unimaginable just a few years ago. And I think about some of the stuff we see going on in our society, in our culture. If, if my granddad uh, could see that, he couldn't even fathom some of the stuff that's going on in our world and in our nation right now. Uh, look around, and as I see the corruption, as I see the drugs and the addiction, the crime, the, the violence and the anger, as I see greed everywhere, as I see a culture that's consumed with materialism, uh, as I see and I believe the true demise of our government, uh, look around and see the problem on our school campuses, um, as I see the foundations that we once could have trusted, uh, things that you had faith in, as they start to crumble around us, uh, look at all the division around us, all the hatred around us, as I see all of those issues, as I survey those issues, I'll tell you today, I believe the main culprit, uh, the main cause in our nation, and we could... We could talk about a lot of causes, and some of them are, are interrelated, and some of them tie to other causes. But I believe the main cause, the main culprit for all of these issues is the failure of the home in America today. I truly believe that. I, I believe um, the, 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 the responsibility rests with the dissolving of the family in America today. This week, coming up this Sunday being Father's Day, I'll take it one step further, and I'll tell you this, I believe that, that thing, that uh, responsibility falls back to the failing of fathers today. Uh, you look at all these issues, and I think you can go back and say, you know what, it's because the home is dissolved in America, and I think that responsibility rests with fathers today. And I'll just tell you, if I, if I believe we're ever going to see our schools get right, if we're ever going to see our government and our and our politicians take a turn, if we're ever going to see the church take a turn and have the impact that it's called to, if we're ever going to see the family be what the family was created to be, it's going to be when we see godly men start to exist and act as godly fathers. And I'll just tell you that. You know what? I don't know that it's not too late. And I see these things going all to pot around us, but I want to tell you if there's any hope, it's when godly men say, you know what, by my faith in Jesus Christ, Upon the truth of God's word, I'm going to exist as a godly father. Truth is the opposite of that today. The world today has said fathers are not important. And no one's going to type that, no one's going to put that on the TV. But the truth is, in action, in attitude, the world has told us fathers are not that important. Go a step further than that, the world has also told our fathers that there are other causes more important than the cause of their home. And so men think, you know what, making this and, and having this status and accumulating these things, uh, there are causes more important than our home. And, and I'll just tell you, we are way off course today uh, when it comes to knowing what a godly dad, a godly father looks like. Today we're going to look at the biblical man and his family. The biblical man and his family. And we're going to see what God has said, and we're going to see what God desires from us as men. And I'll just tell you, I say it every week, uh, it's not what a preacher says. It's not what a, a church says. It's not what a denomination says. We want to know what God has said concerning our role as fathers. Now let me just go ahead and tell you this, and, and you're going to figure it out very shortly. Uh, 
some of what I'm going to tell you today, in fact, maybe most of what I'm going to tell you today, is not going to be popular in our modern culture. And really, it may not even be popular in this room, but I, what I'm, most of what I'm going to tell you today uh, for sure would not be popular in our modern culture. Today, we're going to look at three duties that we have as fathers. Three duties that we have as fathers. Now, the first duty is this. Maybe you hadn't thought much about it. We're going to see it today. Our first duty is to form our family. Our duty is to form our family, to form our family and to function in the context of a family. Now, what that means is this. Listen to me very carefully. God intended the family to consist of a dad and a mom married raising their kids. And that is the biblical formula for a family. Now, I watch this, and, and I see it everywhere I go. We, we cry about the courts and the judges and the activists who have redefined the definition of a family. We, we cry about the fact that the courts and the judges and the activists have redefined the definition of a marriage. And we get very upset about that, and we should get upset about that. But I want to tell you, while they have changed the legal definition, the truth is we have changed the practical definition. Listen to this. In the United States of America since 2014, 51% of babies born were born to parents who were not married. Did you hear that? Since 2014, the majority of babies born in the United States of America were born to parents who were not married. Now let me just tell you this, and I'm going to be very practical here. Most of the time, when the dad is not participating and the dad is not committed at the start, that woman's going to have to struggle to raise those kids alone. And somebody said, well, we've got good intentions. I'm going to take care of my part. I want to tell you, if at the very start, if the dad is not participating, the dad is not committed, that woman, that female, is going to have to struggle to raise those kids alone. Listen to Jesus, and he's really bringing a, an Old Testament teaching from the book of Genesis, and he's applying it to the New Testament. Sometimes people say, well, that's an Old Testament teaching. Well, this is Jesus applying an Old Testament, a teaching from the book of Genesis to the New Testament. Matthew chapter 19, beginning in verse 4, says this. Now, a lot of things get clear when you hear this verse. And he answered and he said to them, Jesus is now speaking, Have you not read that he created them from the beginning, and made them male and female. That clears up a lot. And he said, And for this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let no man separate. Notice there in the verse, um, Notice what the Bible is saying there. Jesus lays out the truth for marriage. He lays out the truth for the family. Let me, let me, just, let me just say this, too. Now, somewhere we need to stop apologizing for what God has said, and we need to start saying what the Bible has said. And let me tell you this. Notice there that the verse doesn't say that you ought to marry your pregnant girlfriend. 
No, Jesus says you ought not become one flesh. You ought not have sex until you're married. And that's what Jesus says. So the first thing we see here, the first role is for families to form as men and women are married and then procreate through children. We're to form a family. That's the first thing. We're to form a family. And that's God's plan. We can say, well, I got something different going on. Well, I don't care. It's not God's plan. That is God's plan to form a family. That's the first role. Second role is this. You're not only to form your family, you're also to furnish for your family. You're to furnish for your family. Listen to 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 8. Now, let, me, let me give you some context here. As the church forms, as the gospel goes out, and people are putting their faith in Christ, uh, the church, the community of the church, begins to grow. And they're being ostracized, they're being uh, persecuted, they're being cast out, they're, they're losing their jobs, and they're losing their ownership of things. Uh, they're being persecuted, and so they start to form these communities. Well, as the church forms, there are some people who start relying on the generosity of others. They start to rely on the generosity of the church. And they say this, you know what, I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm waiting on Jesus to come back again. I'll let somebody else bring my food, bring my provision, and provide me, for me through the context of the church. And so that's going on. Well, guess what? Paul addresses it. 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 8 says this. Listen. But if anyone does not provide for his own, if anyone doesn't provide for his own, I think that involves an extended family, maybe your parents and your grandparents, but especially for those of his household. That's your house, brother. Especially for those of his household, this is what he's done. He has denied the faith, and he's worse than an unbeliever. That's what Paul says. Now think about the end of that. That person, you know what, they, they're coming along and they're dependent upon the generosity of others. They're not providing for their own household. Paul says here, they're not as, as bad as an unbeliever. He says they're worse than a lost person who's denied Jesus and who's headed for an eternity in hell. You know what, if you're not providing for your family, Paul says you're worse than an unbeliever. What that means is this. It is the man's, it is the dad's duty to provide for his home. He's provided the necessities for his kids. He's provided the necessities for his wife. And it doesn't fall upon anybody else to provide for a man's home. Now let me just tell you, we live in, we live in an age when most of the time uh, the wife and the husband both work. They both work. That's fine. But even with both of them working, be sure it is still the man's responsibility. It's still the dad's responsibility to make sure all of the needs of his home are met. Now hear this very clearly today. For an able-bodied man with a sound mind, the government doesn't owe you a thing. The church doesn't owe you a thing. You're not to ride upon the generosity of others. The Bible says you as a man are to provide it. Let me tell you my, my, my deduction here. I've noticed today, in the age we live in, 2016, I've noticed today, it seems that men have no pride. And so men exist and they have no pride. And so you know what? I've got to impress you to, to, to build up my pride. And so I've got to have the newest car. 
and I've got to have the fastest car, and I've got to have the biggest pickup with the biggest tires, and I've got to have all the right guns, and I've got to go on the right trips, and I've got to go and look at internet pornography. I've got to please myself to cover up for the fact that I really have no pride. You see, Satan has robbed us of our pride when he robbed us of our role. And instead of us working to bring home the cheese to our house, we started letting the government bring the cheese to our house. And I'll just tell you this, there is pride in working and earning and providing for your home. That's what the Bible says. Well, I don't know what my purpose is. Your, your purpose is to work and to provide and to take care of the needs for your home. So that's God's plan. So we see here, we're to form a family, a man and a woman married, raising their kids. We're to furnish for our family. It's our duty to provide for our family. The third thing is this. We are to set the foundation. And I'm talking about the Christian, the spiritual foundation. We're to set the foundation for our family. Listen to me today. Ephesians chapter 5 says, You are the spiritual head of your home. I don't know if anybody's told you that. You are the spiritual head of your home. You are the spiritual leader of your home. Your pastor is not the leader of your home. Uh, your wife is not the leader of your home. Your grandma is not the spiritual leader of your home. As a man, you are ordained by God as the spiritual leader of your home. Now let me tell you what that means. That means this. So therefore, the course you set is the course they're going to follow. Now that could be negative, it could be positive, but that's the truth. God gave you the position, you're the spiritual leader in your home. The course that you set is the course that they're going to follow. God's plan, God's role is for you to establish the fact that, you know what, in this house, in this home, we're going to follow the one true living God. You're to establish the fact that, you know what, in this house, we're going to seek to honor God and to, to obey Him, and we're going to live according to the truth of God's Word. Your role is to seek to establish the fact that, you know what, we're going to participate and we're going to serve in the life of our local church. That's not your wife's job. It's for the man to say, well, we're going to participate and honor Christ through the, through the life of our local church. And the fact of it all is this. You'll either will do that and they'll follow you or you will not do it and they won't. As the leader of the home, you set the course. Back to the original subject. Think about this for just a second. TV's not going to agree with this, but think about this. How did we get to where we are? How do we get to the point that marriage means absolutely nothing? You can marry this, you can marry that, you can marry a bunch of them, you can marry a tree today if you can get a lawyer to draw it up. How do we get to that point? How do we get to the point that we can't say that is a male and that is a male and that is a female and that is a female. That's, that's what the courts told us. You're not able to distinguish that. You can't look at chromosomes and determine that. How do we ever get to that absurd point? How do we get to the point that a goofy man has his parts removed and starts taking a bunch of hormones and begins to look and act like a woman and he goes on TV and our government, our culture, our TV says that person's a hero. How in the world do we ever get to that point? Here's the truth. Somewhere, men left the leadership of their home to somebody else. They left the leadership of their home to Sigmund Freud. They left the leadership of their home to Dr. Phil. They left the leadership of their home to Oprah Winfrey. 
and the foundation in their home was never set. Let me read some more verses. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 9 says this. Hear, O Israel, Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. Now here's, what, here's the plan. These words which I am commanding you today shall be on your heart. And you shall teach them diligently to your sons. And you shall talk of them when you sit in your house. And when you walk by the way and when you lie down, when you rise up. And you shall bind them as a sign upon your hand. And they shall be on the frontals of your forehead. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and, at, and upon your gates. God's plan was always for his truth to go out through the dad who led his home. Well, that's... Well, Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6. Uh, we quote it all the time. Train up a child in the way he should go. You know what? That's your job. Train up your child in the way he should go. And even when he's old, he will not depart from it. Here's the, here's the complaint today. That's Old Testament. That's what he said in the Old Testament. We're under something else now. Well, we'll listen to the New Testament. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4 says this. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but listen to this. Fathers, bring, up, bring them up in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. The New Testament teaching for a grown man in his house is that he's to bring his children up in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. What that means is this. You're to lay down the spiritual foundation in your home. You're to so stand upon and preach the truth of God's Word in your home that one day your kids are pointed to a relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's God's plan. Here's the good news today. What if you're here today and you say, you know what? I've been off track. Whatever reason I've been off track, I got misled. I haven't done what I ought to do. I didn't form my home. I haven't furnished for my home. I haven't laid the spiritual foundation in my home. I want to tell you, there is good news today. We serve a God who forgives. We serve a God who renews. We serve a God who restores. And you know what? We come today and we say, you know what? I've wasted a lot of days and I've wasted years I can't get back. But you know what? I'm going to ask the living God to forgive me, and He is. I'm going to ask Him to restore me, and He has. I'm going to ask Him to teach me and to train me, and then I'm going to be the godly dad and husband that He's created me to be. God will bless it. God will bless you in it, and He will bless your family for it. It's what the Bible says about a man and his family. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. I'm going to ask if you'll stand with me, please. Let's pray. Dear Father, we come. We're thankful for you. We're thankful that you forgive and that you're, you're quick to forgive us. It points to your grace. It points to the, the gospel, the, the hope we have in Jesus Christ. I'm thankful that whatever we come into here today, whatever condition our homes are in, that right now we can draw a line in the sand and we can repent and we can follow Jesus Christ. And our homes can be better tomorrow than they were today. Our, our relationships with our wives can be better tomorrow than they were today. Our, our training of our children can be better tomorrow than it was today. Through the empowerment of God. I'm thankful for your truth. And the, and the sorry, cruddy world we live in wants to deny it. There's probably some here in this room that are mad about it, but that's your truth, and I'm thankful you give it to us. Empower us to live by it. Not for a punishment. Not for a legalistic set of rules but for the best for us and for our families. I pray for men in this room that we've been changed.
to the hearing of your word. I pray we have a renewed priority set today in the hearing of your word. Empower us to look like this. It's not going to happen in our own power. We tell you we love you. We thank you. I praise you as my heavenly Father. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen.